Welcome to the Huntley Baptist Church Podcast. We hope that this message can be an encouragement to you today. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist@extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com. Give me this mountain. These are the words of our first Old Testament hero. We're going to look, as Aaron said, at a, at a different hero from the Old Testament each, each night, church, for, for the next little while, don't know how long, and we're going to just unpack it each week and see what we can take away for our lives, so, you know, it's all about applying what those guys did in faith so we can learn. And at first, give me this mountain sounds a bit demanding, doesn't it? Almost like the prodigal son who said to his old man, um, give me my inheritance now, in the story that Jesus told. But there's always a backstory. So let's dig a little bit deeper and find out what the backstory to this hero who said, Give me this mountain. And his name was Caleb. So let's turn to Joshua 14, 10 to 12, if you've got a Bible there. And here's where he's asking for this. This big, big ask. And now, behold, the Lord has let me live, just as he spoke these 45 years from the time that the Lord spoke this word to Moses, when Israel walked in the wilderness, and now, behold, I am 85 years old today. I am still as strong today as I was in the day Moses sent me. He mustn't have eaten as many biscuits as me. And as my, and my, as my strength was then, so my strength is now for war and for going out and coming in. Now then, give me this mountain about which the Lord spoke on that day. For you heard on that day that Anakin were there with great fortified cities. Perhaps the Lord will be with me and I shall drive them out. As the Lord has spoken. What a man. What a dude. And whether it was a, an actual mountain or hill country, as some versions say, mine actually says that. I, just, I know that another version says mountain. Whether it was steep, pretty steep, or an actual mountain, Caleb uh, was not out to get the best land. You know, in, in farming terms, he chose the most challenging block of land. And he's now 85 years old, and he's still wanting a challenge. Does that speak to any of us here? Yes. <laughs> and um, it's still full of giants. Still got giants all in it. Man, wow, what a legend this guy is. And so this actually is the complete opposite of the prodigal son. If we think about it, it's actually... Nothing like the prodigal son who said to his old man, give me my inheritance now, when he's just a young dude. And in actual fact, um, this was in the day of Jesus, in a cultural setting that Jesus was in, uh, was literally like saying to dad, I wish you were dead. Because it was the norm for an inheritance only to be received once the father had passed on. So when this young guy comes in Jesus' story and says, give it to me now, he was virtually saying, Dad, I wish you weren't here. And on top of this, Dad knew full well 
his dad knew full well that he'd blow the lot and that he didn't actually have the life skills or experience to make that money back again. But he still gave it to him anyway. Caleb, on the other hand, was a seasoned warrior. Have we got a picture? Thanks, guys. Caleb was the seasoned warrior. He'd been around. It wasn't his first rodeo. And he knew how to serve. He knew how to go without, like Jenny, waiting for the coat. He knew how to go without for a while. Oh, I was a bit cold. Wish I had a coat. And how to handle success and failure. This dude, he'd, he'd been a tough guy. What a contrast. Nothing had ever been easy for Caleb. So in his old age, he's not about to put his feet up. Let's look at the most amazing turning point in Caleb's life. This is the moment that defined him. This is the moment he made history and, he, and set him on a whole new journey of faith in God. So we're going to turn now to Numbers. Uh, if you've got it, Numbers, numbers goes back a bit from Joshua 13. Uh, 30 to... Th uh, right, 13. 30 to 33. Let's read this. Numbers 13. Here's the scene. Moses sends these 12 dudes out into a new land to check it out. We'll get to that in a minute. But they come back, and this is Caleb's reply. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, We should by all means go up and take possession of it. For we shall surely overcome it. This was Caleb's spirit rising up. His, his, his spirit of faith said, we can do it, people. We can do it. But the men who had gone up with him said, nah, nah, we're not able to go against these people. They're just too strong for us. So they gave out to the sons of Israel a bad report of the land which they that spied, saying, The land through which we've gone and spying it out is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people that we saw in it were men of great size, giants, in other words. And we looked like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. So two guys are saying, let's do it, and 10, that's two times that, are saying, no way. <laughs> See, the Jewish people had been... <laughs> I used that hand, yeah. <laughs> I've got a few less fingers on that one. Um, the Jewish people had been slaves for 400 years, and uh, that's a long time to be a slave. I mean, that's generations of slavery. And they had slave mentality, they couldn't even go to the bathroom without asking permission. They were beaten for not making enough bricks. They were beaten for being too slow off the mark or late for work. Probably that was punishable probably by death. And now they were free. Moses had brought them out of the land of Egypt and most of their oppressors, the people with the whips, were dead. And God had miraculously rescued, fed and watered them in the desert, en route to this promised land that we've just spoken about. And this was their moment. This was their moment um, 
to start putting down roots and, and, and go for it as a godly nation. Moses picked this moment to inspire the people and to claim what was theirs by faith. So as I said, he divides them into 12 tribes, gets them all to pick one guy, or he picked a guy, and they pick up their best guy who's you know, going to be good for strategy, stirring up a bit of vision, goal setting, and a bit of action. You know, He picks these 12 top guys, one from each tribe, to spy out this land, and the spies were given the brief to check out the vegetation, the land, the people, the general conditions on the produce, and bring back a visual aid, a big bunch of bananas, you know. And, um, you know, all these 12 spies saw the same picture. They all said, saw the same landscape. They all experienced pretty much the same vibe in the land. But only two, Caleb and Joshua, had a different perspective than the rest. And you see, God honors faith in chapter 14, verse 24. That's just over the page. I'll read it. But my servant Caleb, because he had a different spirit, that's what I've called tonight's message, the Caleb spirit, and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land which he entered and his descendants will take possession of it. That's a promise from God himself. God's speaking. My, my, my servant Caleb, because he's got a different spirit, I'll, I'll bring him in and Joshua, but the others, no, nah, they weren't willing. You know, I, I just think this is awesome. Um, you know, other versions say passionately follow him or wholeheartedly follow. And, you know, we get this um, feeling that that's not normal. That is just not normal to be passionate, to be wholehearted. But Caleb was. So what is it about this dude? He's passionate, he's, he's wholehearted, and he's got faith. But, you know, God actually loves people who have a passion, who are wholehearted and who've got faith. That's what God loves. And as 40-year-old Caleb was tramping around these hills in the promised land, you know, I wouldn't have made it up the first one, but he was pretty awesome and probably got around a fair bit of it. As he was tramping around those hillsides in Canaan as the Lord's spy, he had total trust in the Word of God through Moses that everywhere he walked, wherever he took on, whatever party went, was going to be his. Pretty good incentive, isn't it? <laughs> you know, not just a watch that tells you how many steps you're doing in a day. He had the incentive to go out there and grab as much land in the given time. And that would all be his. And so here we are. Due to the, the lack of faith in the rest of the, the people, they've had to wait 40 years in the desert because God said, no, you, know, you guys, you didn't trust me. You're going to have to learn a lesson here and get out of the slave mentality into trust mentality. And so here he is. He's at 45 years older than he was. Now at 85, um, he's claiming his promise. He's claiming his promise. He's saying, give me this mountain to um, Joshua, his mate. 
The only other one that said we can do it becomes the leader, and he says, now, Joshua, I want this land. What a dude. And it's full of giants. <laughs> good on you. Yeah, good. What promises has God made to you? Here's where we unpack this a bit. What's he, what's he said to you? Have you heard him promise you anything like Jenny's coat? Where her dad promised her the coat. You know, God's still into promising stuff. He says, I'll be with you. I'll never leave you. If we give our hearts to him, he says, I'll never leave you. Isn't that an amazing promise? Perhaps you've been in a kind of wilderness too. And these other voices have been in your ear. And they're whispering stuff like, oh, it'll never happen. Your dad will forget. Jenny's sisters are probably saying, oh, he's probably forgotten. Or there's too many giants. Forget it. You're not all that, you know. So what do we do with those voices when they come? We know where they come from. They come from the enemy. And we need to learn to turn and reply to those voices like Jesus did when he said, It is written. When Jesus was being tested in the desert, every time the voice came, hey, how about you show off a bit? How about I give you the whole world? You know, how about you just turn these stones into bread because you're starving, starving Marvin. And Jesus said, it is written. And he came against every temptation with God's word. So every time the devil tempted Jesus, even in his just absolutely drained physical state he quoted scripture until the devil left him good key for us eh? Eh? so what are the giants you're facing tonight and I've got three that I've just picked out and I think they're probably pretty common to most of us Have we got them guys it's the first one doubt yeah number one we this is a giant you know it, it roams around Spelling, displaying doubt, or what's the word? D dispelling, dispelling doubt, maybe. And it sort of roams around in our universities and perhaps our schools and says, you know, is there a God? Does he really love people? Look at all the suffering in the world. And, you know, there's all this doubt. But the answer, when we kind of get the feeling that we're sort of, on the wrong track and maybe God's not what he says, um, we go to the word and we go, it is written, devil. James 1.5, let's look it up. <clears throat> so we just counter it with the word of God. And I, just, I can't say there's anything stronger. There is nothing stronger than the word of God for handling doubt. I can't even find it. Um, it's around about Hebrew. Yeah, here we go. James 1.5 says, But if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives to all men generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Let him ask in faith without doubting. 
For if the one if he who doubts is like the surf of the sea driven and tossed around from the Lord, being a double-minded, unstable person in all your ways. So we gotta ask with confidence things of God without doubt, because we're just like that that wave being blown around. Some of you are doubting that you're loved by God. We sang about it tonight. Some of you doubt that you're good enough. Some of you are thinking you've got to work harder at being a good person. I want to say that Jesus is the only one good. Good enough to save us. And we might think that we're not even saved. I remember taking some young guys on a kid's camp. And I said, now you guys, you've got to you know, step up to the mark. You're leaders now. And you know, these kids love you. They'll be looking up, at, up to you. And they said, man, I don't even know if we're saved. <laughs> and I said, okay, that's okay. Um, but you love the kids, right? Yep. Well, let's see how we go over the week. And by the end of the week, they were saying, yeah, God is good. God is good. You know. And our strategy was not to take the perfect people but just the willing. And sometimes we just have to be the willing and we get saved. Some, some of you are thinking you're not worthy because of what you've done. And that's, that's a real, real giant for so many people. I've been too bad for God. Yeah. And there's a story in Scripture where, you know, a man was saved at the very last hour of the working day. Everyone else had been working since 7 o'clock. And the guy who started at 5 to 5 got the same wages as the guy who started at 7 and worked in the sun all day. And everyone complained and said, Ow, he's only done five minutes. And God said, or the master said, Hey, if I want to be generous, that's my money. You guys... We're happy with the wage from seven to five. It's my business if I want to give him the same. And God's saying that to you tonight. Even if you just come to know him in the last minute, you receive the same wage. Number two giant is fear. Isaiah 43, one to three. A famous bit of scripture. And... Jason down there is here tonight, and I once gave this scripture to Jason. He was facing a pretty big challenge. Do you want to come and talk about it, Jason? Do you want to come and tell us about it? This is what, this is what you call putting a visitor on the spot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hang on, I'll give you a moment to think about it. He had no idea. Yeah. He says, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be scorched, nor will the flame burn you. So do not fear, for I have redeemed you. Tell us the story, James. Okay, so is this turn on? Yep. So the backstory is um, I'm a professional firefighter. I do it as a career, and I started it 17 years ago. And I was on my recruits course, on my training course, and we had this thing called the BAT B, or Rift B actually, which is a realistic fire training building. And you have these confined spaces that you've got to crawl through, and fires all around you, and it's 
like you can imagine it's like 100 and something degrees, it's real hot. And I was actually freaking out, like hard out about um, confined space because these tunnels, you can't move your shoulders, you've got to crawl through them. So I was really freaking out about it and um, was really struggling and I was actually willing to give up and uh, not take that on as a career and just go back to being a mechanic. And um, Muzz heard about that back in the day and he sent me this amazing passage. And um, to me, it really hit home that no matter what I'm doing, uh, no matter where I am, God's there watching me. Um, and to this day, that is my favourite Bible verse. Um, I mm. also compete in rallying, and I really struggle from uh, being stressed and having a bit of an anxiety about it before the event. And I just read that, and I know, man, mm. if I can walk through the waters, if I can walk through fire, and mm. God's on my shoulder keeping me safe, like, man, how awesome is that? What a promise. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah, fear is one of those things we all struggle with. But it's also one of those things with God's help, we can kick on the backside it's and awesome, send on its way. Let's give him a hand, eh? What a, what a legend. Just off the cuff like that. <clears throat> we love you guys. And it was a privilege to be able to share that moment with you, Jace. And um, yeah, what a verse. Fear not, for I have redeemed you, says the Lord. I've called you by name. You are mine. That's awesome, isn't it? I don't think I need to add to that. Number three, wrong desires. Numbers 22, 12 to 30. We're not going to read this. I'm just going to tell you a quick story. Uh, we're going to keep this moving. But um, <clears throat> there's a guy called, a prophet called Balaam in this story. And uh, he actually um, was asked to go and curse a people, a people group. That's a pretty big deal. And he said, no way, I'm not going to do it. And they said, well, we'll give you money and we'll make you a bit famous. And um, he prayed about it. God said, no, don't go. Don't do it. And so Balaam sort of fudged it a bit, put them off, but they come back at him, you know. And he, and he, and he asked God again because they're offering more money and more fame and more you know, more of a platform. So he asked God again, and God says, okay, go. And he went, and God wasn't pleased. Huh? Now what's the story here is sometimes we ask God for things he doesn't actually want, to, want us to have. But when we're really determined about them, he says, okay, you can have them, but you won't be happy. And all through Scripture we see that. But, you know, it's, it's so typical of us, isn't it? I've bought a lot of machinery, and sometimes I've just wanted that thing. I haven't even prayed about it. It generally ends up in disaster. Other times when I've prayed and I've sort of left it to God, hey, it's you, it's your money, it's your thing, it works out great. But, you know, Caleb waited until the right time to inherit the land. He waited 45 more years after tramping around that hillside till he inherited, unlike Balaam, who sort of wanted it now, asked God, but hoped that God would say yes, and God said no, and so he asks again, and God finally says yes. We're like that sometimes as parents too. Sometimes people have to learn the hard way that they're not going to be satisfied with stuff that they've really pestered about, pestered for. 
Jenny didn't pester for the coat. She just was promised it and she waited for the coat. And that's what God rewards. We have a choice to make tonight after hearing this message. We can ask, give me this inheritance now, like the prodigal son, or we can ask, give me this mountain. Right time, right place, right attitude. One is the broad way that leads to destruction. It's not going to make us happy. All that inheritance now before we're ready is just going to blow our mind and we're going to blow the money. Where we live simply for the moment, waste opportunities and live with the consequences of sin in this life and the next. The other way, Caleb way, the Caleb spirit, is the narrow way that leads to life. Caleb kind of got it right. He did get it right. But he wasn't perfect, no doubt. He had his faults. But this life is a life filled with challenges, but it's also filled with dozens of God moments and joy indescribable. The road to life is satisfying, and it doesn't dissolve when the, when the going gets tough. It's not just dirt painted gold like the Broadway. It's gold all the way through. We never hear of Caleb's shortcomings, and, and um, I'm sure they, they, they existed. And there would have been times when even Caleb allowed giants to overwhelm him. Do you think they, they would have overwhelmed him at times? These big, big bears people? Yeah, you know, overcoming fear is, you know, isn't the absence, or courage isn't the absence of fear. It's overcoming the, 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 you know, the, 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 the giant. God was looking down the road to welcome Caleb back after times of doubt, just as he was in the story looking down the road for the lost son and you and me. Caleb was brave, faithful, and passionate, all qualities God rewards, but he still needed a savior. And this is where we're going to land this thing tonight. His salvation was paid for centuries before and our salvation was paid for centuries ago. You see, Jesus is like a zero in a great big multiplication. He, he's the saviour of those who put their trust in him before he lived and those who put their trust in him now. You know, what a good, good father to send Jesus. Do you know this father tonight? Are you ready to be free from the giants? of fear, doubt, and wrong desires tonight. That's a challenge. Are you, are you ready? Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30, Take my yoke upon me, for I am gentle and kind. Now, that doesn't mean we do nothing from now on. If we're saved, we just, you know, chill. You see, I looked it up. That word, rest for your soul, that's not rest from work. It's actually rest in work. Yes. Isn't that cool? Where every part of us works better. In the mix, we're more balanced. We're satisfied in our job. 
It simply means we can team up with him to achieve far more than we ever dreamed. See, Caleb waited without doubt until God's perfect timing to receive his reward. He trusted God rather than fearing the size of the giants to rid the land. And he made it a priority to serve the Lord with a whole heart rather than getting what he wanted too soon. What about us? Are we prepared to pay the price for God's best plan and wait? Or do we want it all now like the prodigal son? And if you know you're saved and you're in that place where you've waited and it's come to you, are you teaming up with Christ? Joining in the yoke because he does most of the pulling. That's cool, eh? And having the rest for your soul, which means rest in whatever you're doing, not rest from it. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for this word, for the spirit of Caleb that you put in him, um, that he had a different spirit. Lord, we want to be like that. We want to be different. Who wants to be the same? And God, I just pray that you would rise up people tonight who are heroes, role models, people who will wait, tough it out through thick and thin, waiting for the best in their life, who wait for the best partner, the best job in life, the best opportunities in life, the promotions, they not promoting themselves, but waiting for you, Lord, just waiting on you and having your rest on their life. Yoked with you, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Huntley Baptist Church Podcast. We hope that it has been an encouragement to you. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist at extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com.